Hello and welcome back to SELF. This is Social Emotional Learning for Faculty for the adults in the building. And I'm April Danielle, your host, and I have been in education for over 20 years and I truly believe that healed teachers can heal the world. I believe social emotional wellness of our educators should be a top priority. And that's what this podcast is for, to guide you on this journey of social emotional wellness. So let's go ahead and get the party started. Hi guys, today's episode is a juicy one and something that I talk about all the time and that's our stories. My poor kids, I tell my kids all the time, they'll tell me something, I'll be like, change the story and sometimes interrupt them. Um, I have learned to listen to their story first and then calmly say, change the story, tell that story in a different way way. So we're going to talk about your story, your stories and the stories that you tell. So storytelling is super powerful. You probably already know this and have heard it in many different areas of life, but just Google it. If you don't believe me, just Google it. Storytelling is key in marketing, in the marketing industry especially. They know that storytelling sells. People connect to stories. And there's a couple reasons for this. One story creates emotion and we connect to things that are emotional. Two, our subconscious mind loves story. It loves story and metaphor. So it really attaches and, and catches the attention of our subconscious mind. And we feel really connected to the person telling the story because of these two things. So Every time you tell the story, you are building stronger pathways in your brain for your subconscious to attach to. So when we're talking about the stories that you tell, it's, you know, you know those stories that you keep telling, especially in your recent everyday life. You tell this group of friends, oh, I need to tell this group of friends. Guys, even I do this and I even tell my gut, I have told myself, okay, April, you're not going to tell that story. You're not going to share that because it doesn't serve anybody's highest good. It doesn't serve perfect. And I still do it. It's like such a compulsion. It's a habit. So that's why I say SEL, unlike self-care, SEL takes some work. And that is one of those things. So what stories are you telling? And we know storytelling is selling. So what are you selling about yourself? These could be not only the stories that you tell out loud, like tell out loud to your friends, to your family, to whoever will listen to that. Some of us that we post on social media, those stories um, when an event happens, but it could also be the stories that you tell yourself. And these are super powerful as well. Everything that happens, our brain creates a story around it. It makes things easier to understand and it gives us lessons. So when an event happens, what do you make it mean? And most importantly, what do you make it mean about you? Because that is the story that you have made. And since you made it, you can change it. That's the good news here, guys. We can tell a different story, just like I lecture to my kids while clapping. Tell a different story. We can tell a different story. We get to decide and we have the power. And I think that's super important to remember 
to get our power back, to have our power about our life. You know, the number one regret of people on their deathbed that were surveyed is that they didn't live a life that was true to them. And I think this storytelling, as you'll begin to see, really can help you get that power to live your life, to live the life that you desire. Because a lot of times when you'll hear your stories that you're telling, you might hear like someone else come out your mouth, right? Like your mom, you're like, you told a story. I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, that was my mom's story. That was what my mom would make that mean. Or that's what I have heard growing up. But do I really believe that? It doesn't matter if it's true. It doesn't matter if it's true. You're like, but I'm not saying lies. I wanted, I want them to hear the truth, right? And that makes us feel better. Like there's a purpose behind it. But what is the purpose behind that truth? What does it serve you? It doesn't matter if you're telling the truth. If it doesn't serve you, you can reach for a better story. And as you will see, a story can be told in different perspectives, right? And that's what we mean by reach for a different story. It's through different perspectives that you can tell the story to actually lift others and yourself up. Does your story serve a positive purpose in your life and the life of others? You can think about how different people tell a story differently, right? That's why, isn't there like in a car accident and you ask three different people and they have three different versions of what happened based upon just simple things like where they're standing, um, what time they got there, but also based on their perceptions of the people in the accident and what's happened in their past and if they've ever been in an accident, right? So a lot of different things go into this, but that means, again, that means you can change the story. Tell it from a different perspective. I used to do a podcast with my brother called Power in Perspective because I believe in this so much. I really believe, the reason why we started the podcast is because I believe that if people could hear the reasoning behind other people's perspectives and their beliefs in things, they it would create understanding and conversation and reduce conflict, right? Like kumbaya people, let's just all love. And really, Brene Brown says, it's hard to hate from far away. No, it's hard to hate close up. It's hard to hate close up. So lean in, lean into getting to know those perspectives. That's why we started that. So same kind of concept here is look for the better perspective. There are so many different perspectives about every topic. And really think about, like I said before, why are you telling this story? We never no, I shouldn't say we, I'll talk about myself. When I get into like this rampage of telling everybody this story that happened, um, usually I, it's a, usually a negative event. Uh, if I think about, try to think of something that pops in my head really quick. When my bank account was hacked and all my money was stolen, I felt the need to tell everybody like in meetings, like, oh, they're like, how are you doing? Well, this happened. Why, why am I telling that story? Um, and does it make me feel better to tell it? No, it did not make me feel any better to tell that story. And recently, I always thought that venting is therapeutic, right? I thought, oh, that's what the teacher's lounge, it's okay to go in there and vent because it's therapeutic. But today, I today something happened. And before telling the story, I processed it, I reframed it, 
And I even made the story really different for myself before I vented about it, before I talked to anybody about it. And it really was way more impactful and in a positive way. So I've changed my perspective just in this one day before I even recording this podcast. And I've changed my perspective. And while I understand venting, I really think it is better for you and for the people that you vent to and kind of bond over misery with. I think it's to better to think about that story and reframe it before telling it. And even if we tell the same facts, right, we're telling it in such a way that we're probably even sharing growth and being inspirational. So these stories that you tell repeatedly have a lot to do with your beliefs. So beliefs are thoughts you have repeatedly thought. That's all a belief is. And a lot of times these beliefs are coming from, right, your past growing up. Thoughts that have been said to you a lot. And so you have taken on these thoughts. And so when you're telling stories, you are creating beliefs, especially if you're repeating the story over and over and over again. It's beliefs that will guide future decisions and actions. So what do you want to believe? Is this story that you're telling supporting what you want to believe? Does your story match? And if not, stop telling it. Stop telling the story. Storytelling also connects to emotion, like I mentioned before, and emotions are super powerful way to influence others, right? That's what marketing does. That's what advertising does is it wants to connect to your emotion. You see, they put something sad on there or like a sad puppy or a sad child, puppies and children. I don't, they use that a lot or they make it really exciting. Like this single hot person, like in a club, right? They want to connect to your emotion emotions also really hit your subconscious mind your subconscious attaches to strong emotion and is triggered thinking this is really important it's one way that beliefs and habits get programmed into you if there is a strong emotion for example burning yourself if i burn myself on the stove that is going to create a strong emotion and i don't need to burn myself 30 times before it becomes a habit not to touch the stove or to be careful around the stove, right? It only took that one event that created a strong emotion. So these stories that you tell with the strong emotions, one of the reasons they're so powerful is because those emotions are triggering your subconscious mind to think this is something important that I need to remember. It makes a lasting impression and it kind of guides future decisions, future decisions as well. So think about like even more important things. Well, I guess it's important not to touch hot stove, but even more important things than touching hot stove. Like relationships. If you have a story about a relationship that you're telling over and over and over, right? In a way that doesn't serve you, it could affect how you go into future relationships. So there are three types of stories or three timelines. We have our past stories, right? We call that our, our uh, luggage, our baggage. <laughs> Right? We have our past stories, we have our present stories, and our future stories. So let's talk about all three of them. First, let's start with the present. Now, there's no real present story like now, 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 now. Anything before now was the past. Anything after now is the future, right? So there's really no present stories. But for the sake of this, let's look at it as the stories that you are telling that are relatively recent, that are relatively current in your current life. 
Personally, I'm a storyteller. Like I feel like every conversation that people have, I have a story stored in my brain. And as I just said that, I realized why? Because I create stories to remember things and my subconscious mind loves stories or remembers stories. There's even research that shows when something is told in story format, people remember it way more than just like reporting statistics, which duh, if that makes sense. And I have to be very conscious. One, I've been working on, this is randomly irrelevant. <laughs> Not telling that story every time. Not everyone needs to hear the story I'm telling because then it brings it back to me when really it was about them. I just really have, I do, I have stories and I have good stories because I remember the stories. But I don't need to say every story. But that's true with you too. You don't need to say every story. And it takes awareness. Remember I told you that even though I told myself I was not going to say the story. I said the story anyway. I would say it even beforehand. Don't do it, April. And I still did it. So it takes a lot of awareness. It takes you really realizing the stories that you're telling. And even a little bit harder is the stories you're telling to yourself. Because those happen all day, every day, all every day in your head, in your head, in your head, stories that you're telling. And that's why I really think pause and presence. You can notice I talk really fast and like move around a lot. This is not just for the podcast. This happens like in my life. So it takes intention for me to pause and slow down and really think about what am I thinking? What am I thinking about? What story am I telling? A lot of times what helps me pause in this too is journaling. If I journal about it and just and just let it all out there, it helps me pause to see what story is coming out about that. So what do you say about yourself over and over? Because that's a story. If I say I'm really energetic and I'm always going, going, going. That's a story. That's a story I have about myself that I tell about myself. Does it serve me, right? If it serves me, I keep it. If it doesn't serve me, I don't. It may be a story that I'm sick all the time, right? Maybe that's a story that you tell. I can tell you that story doesn't serve you. I can tell you that right now. I don't even have to know you. That story doesn't serve you. Stop telling it. It doesn't mean it's not gonna make you sick. I'm not saying like, this is miracles and I'm crazy cuckoo pants, but don't, it doesn't serve you to keep telling the story. So pay attention to what you say and pay attention to what you say to yourself over and over again. Sometimes we think the words that we think don't have as much power because we don't say them out loud, but they're usually things we think more often. And so they do, they do have that power and they end up becoming beliefs. So it's not just a thought anymore. I'm sick all the time. It's a belief. I'm a sick person, right? And that creates more things that we'll talk about in future episodes. And what are these stories that you're currently telling friends and family that you feel compelled to share? And again, stories are not bad. Stories are not bad or good, right? Does it serve you? And it might, it might be a great story. If it doesn't, and if it doesn't serve you, reframe that story so that you tell it in a different way. Okay, now let's talk about what I think is the fun part, your future stories, the story about your future. 
So you're writing and setting this story up now. My now is creating the story for my future, the storyline for my future. So I'm writing it now. So I don't want to think about it in the future. I want to think about it now. And being intentional about writing this story means it won't just happen by default. Because guess what your default is? Your default means your future will be like your past. That's what's going to happen if there's no intention behind it. Because your subconscious mind, you are you have these tracks and it's just going to run them. It's just going to run these tracks and the same stories are going to happen. The same stories are going to happen. Guaranteed. That's why it's good to be intentional about writing your future story. So just like if you were to write an actual story, and I really want you to think of it as a story because I don't want you to get stuck on who you are now. I don't want you to be like, oh, but I'm always going to be hanging out with that person. That's my best friend. Even if they don't serve me, like I need to hang out with them. Or I'm always going to be doing this because that's what I've always done. I want you to try to detach from your beingness of now and really think of it as a dream story, a story of your future. Okay. And so when you're writing a story, um, if you're a teacher, you may have teach your students how to write a story or a good story. And you really want to think about one, the main character, right? This is who the story is all about. Hint, this is you. You are the main character. <laughs> I call this future you your life avatar. And it makes it fun. I like fun things. And I'm a teacher. I make things like quirky. It's your life avatar. Who is that person? Who do you want them to be? What do you want them to be doing? And just like you would tell your students about a main character, do a characterization. Really get detailed about this character. What are they wearing? What do they feel? What are their habits? Who are they? Really get into who this character is, the character of future you. Then think about, again, just like a story, the setting. Where does your life avatar hang out? right? Where do they work? Where do they feel this peace and joy? Setting is so important. And as you're thinking about this, sometimes it helps to do a little comparative analysis, right? Where do you hang out now? Does it serve you? And if it doesn't, where do you want future you to be hanging out? Right. If you normally hang out the corner bar, there's nothing wrong with this, but if you normally hang out the corner bar with a lot of people who complain, Right? Is this where you want future you to hang out? Maybe you want future you to be going to networking meetings or something. It's the first thing I could think of, but you get the idea, right? You, if you can't think of anything, if you can't really get a really tight grasp of what this future you does, one, do some comparative analysis. Compare what you are doing now, what you're being now, who you are now. Does it serve you and how would you want it to change? And if you really get stuck in the weeds, go more general and stay in the beingness. I want this person to be happy. I want them to spend a lot of time at home, right? Maybe with the family. So if you need to go general, go general and then try to get as detailed as you can about your future self. And the more you work on this, I guarantee the more detailed you can get about your life avatar. Next are supporting characters. And I am sure that you have heard, you literally are the average of the five people that you hang around the most. They say if you take an average of 
the five people's weight you hang around the most. That's probably your weight. If you take an average of the five people's income, that's probably your income and more and more and more. And so the people you hang around and this to me is kind of part of setting too, is super impactful. If you're always hanging around the complainers at the bar, you can see how your life would be very different if instead those Friday nights were networking events, right? You can see the difference of the people that you hang around. Are your supporting characters supporting? supporting of that future you main character. And again, here, comparative analysis might help. The people you hang around now, what stories do they tell, right? What do they do? Is it what you want? Can you see somebody else fulfilling that role better? Then we have the plot. What is the storyline the future you is living? And this is kind of your goals, right? And what's really cool, what I really love about thinking of my life avatar, it's not even getting to that place, it's the journey to get there. So the stories that I'm building up to get there, that to me is the fun part. But I have to have a vision of what this future self is doing. What have they done to get there? And I really like to think about like the other side, what obstacles did this life avatar have to overcome? What did they have to overcome to get where they are? Because they, it's a story. There has to be, right, a rising action. I taught English one year, hold on. There has to be a rising action, a climax, a resolution, a falling action, right? All those things. So really think about how that's going to be. And it's probably play out exactly like that, but it'll help you create the story. Because remember, that's what we're doing. We're creating the story for your future that you tell others, your mind, yourself. You write about this future story because the more you tell the story, the more it becomes a belief and the more it happens. And lastly, what is the tone and theme of this life avatar story that they're living. What is the tone and theme? I really like that. I really like this whole thing because it makes me way more excited about stories. When I learned this in English class, I was like, okay, so I have to checkbox this and checkbox this. But to me, in a way more fun way, what is the tone and theme of my, is, of my future life avatar? Mine is legit joy, excitement, and peace. It's like a joyful piece. I wish I could explain it. I feel moments of it in my current present life. And I and my future self, like they just feel it all the time. This peaceful, excited joy, which seems like an oxymoron or dichotomous, but it's not because I can feel the essence of it in my being <laughs> when I think about my life avatar. Okay, last, let's think about the stories of your past, your past stories. And now these may be stories you tell a lot as well. These are also stories that have probably created a lot of beliefs. And so a lot of times the story, the actual story that has created it might have faded, but the beliefs are still left. So it might be worth considering what is the story, to go back and really bring up that story. What is the story that created this belief that I constantly tell? 
So what is the story? Let's say I'm a procrastinator. I procrastinate. I mean, I was going to say that's true, but that's not a good story to tell. I once was a procrastinator and I would should go back and think, okay, what story created that? Well, in school, I literally waited to the last minute to turn everything in. Ask my parents, um, even in my yearbook, my family wrote that they really appreciated this graduation because they were part of all of it because they helped me when I was doing giant projects like the night before that they were due. I was that kid. Sorry, mom. Um, so that's the story. Those are the stories, but I could reframe that. So I'm good under pressure right? I can reframe that story. I'm not a procrastinator. I'm really good under pressure and I can think of ideas and get things done fast and I can MacGyver some-ish, right? I can make it work. I can make it work and everything is figureoutable in the last moments. So I can reframe the story. You can see how that serves me much more and it doesn't matter. You're like, it doesn't matter if you're sitting there thinking, April, that means you're a procrastinator. No, because me telling a reframe of that story empowers me. That creates more power in me, which is going to change my present and future stories. So someone once said, and I really need to look up who said this because I use it a lot, but I read somewhere that someone said an event without emotion is wisdom. And what does that mean? That means we take the lessons from our past stories and we move on with the lessons without moving on with the attached emotion. Yes, it is important to feel emotions. I want to be very clear about that because um, some people might get the wrong idea when I talk aloud about um, like detaching from the emotion. It's important to feel the emotion, but it is also important not to attach and hang on to an own the emotion. You are not an emotion. You feel emotions. Okay. So it's important to feel the emotion, but you've passed it now. So instead of the emotion, what is the lesson that you can carry forth with you? Because then that will change into a positive belief versus a story that you tell. So when you're thinking of your past stories and you're thinking of a lesson, there are three things to make sure this lesson is because you don't want the lesson to be like, um, don't trust people. That is not a lesson or a story that you want to carry with you. You want to make sure the lesson is one positive. It is positive. I can trust people. But you also want to make sure it's just about you. Even better, I can trust myself. Do you feel the difference in that? I felt it when I said it. I trust myself. And make sure it's something that you can carry forward into the future, meaning it wasn't just about that event. Um, for example, make my bed when my mom tells me to, right? That's, that's not really a lesson I can carry forward with me into the future because my mom is no longer telling me to make my bed. And poor mom again, you guys, I never made my bed. <laughs> I really didn't. Um, so those are stories, but I know, I know since you're an educator, you don't think of yourself as much as you think of others. And I know you do way more if it means it benefits your students than if it benefits you. I know this. I know you look up SEL lessons all the good days for your students with not as much focus on yourself, but let me tell you. The stories you tell 
affect others as well and make a big impact on them, right? The stories that you tell can affect who you attract in your life. Are you looking for shared misery or sympathy when you tell stories? You're gonna find people who are also miserable. They're gonna be who's attracted to you if that's the story you always tell. Does your story share moments of hope? Are you a really hopeful person? Because then you're gonna attract hopeful people. The stories you tell in your classroom or the stories you tell yourself when you enter your classroom, right? They are gonna have an impact on your students. They're gonna pick up on that. And your students feel energy. You know I'm gonna add some woo up in here, people. And you, if you listen to me enough, you'll know that I don't really think it's woo, I think it's science, that we think is woo because we don't understand it yet. But here's some woo. The stories we tell affect the energy we put off. And it's gonna affect the energy of our students. So even if you don't say it out loud, if it's a story you always tell yourself, they say fake it till you make it, but your kids will know. If you are constantly telling yourself, I'm terrible at classroom management, I can't control these kids, they all want to do whatever they want, no one cares, you put that energy with you into the classroom guaranteed. And I know that it's hard to believe because it's not something that we can see, but I guarantee you, it goes into the classroom with you. It affects the energy you put off. You can change the energy of a room, of an event, of a person with just a story that you tell. And you know this, and I am sure that you've experienced it before by telling a story to someone. And a lot of times we tell stories to try to cheer people up, right? And sometimes they, it does. It cheers them up, the energy that we put off. So here are some tips, tricks, things to think about and focus on. Five things. Number one, become aware of the stories you tell. Sometimes it becomes such a habit that we don't even notice, but we want to be super intentional about our storytelling, about what stories we are telling. And this gets a lot easier. This whole thing gets so much easier the more you do it. And number two, do not be afraid to stop, and I've done this recently, in the middle of a story. Trust me, it benefits everyone. If you're telling the story like, oh, and Joe Schmo did this, and then Johnny said this, and you're like, oh, just stop. You don't need to finish the story. They're like, what? What happened next? No, this story doesn't serve anybody. I'll come back and tell it when I can reframe it. Or if you're like in the groove, you may be able to reframe it right there and tell the story differently. Don't be afraid to stop. You don't owe anyone anything. And you know, you know that it's better for them anyway, that you don't tell the story that way. Number three, reframe your stories. Practice reframing your stories. And the more you practice, like I said, like on the DL, like on your own, the better you'll get in the moment. Every story that you tell, don't suppress it or ignore it. When you suppress and ignore things, it's kind of like shoving too much stuff in a box. It's going to explode out at you. That's why it's important to not suppress or ignore it, but to reframe. Tell the story in a different way and repeat it. Practice telling it in a different way. And that goes to step number four or tip number four, but journal the stories. Journaling the stories helps you practice tell a different story. And writing down things, as you may already know, is powerful. There's, there's evidence and proof out there that when you write, handwrite things, it 
creates a connection. It helps solidify your stories too in your subconscious. And the reason why you want to solidify your stories in your subconscious, so remember, this either takes repetition or strong emotion or NLP work, but work with strong emotion and repetition. And it really, again, it plants these in your subconscious mind and you want that because that will create new beliefs and habits. It will create new beliefs and habits. So instead of telling the story, I'm a procrastinator, I tell the story of I'm good under pressure and I feel empowered and I feel so empowered and confident that I may get stuff done earlier because I'm really confident about what I can do, about what I can accomplish. And number five is put as much emotion and feeling into these new stories that serve you, not the old stories. You don't want to put emotion on those, right? You want to try to take out the emotion of those stories as much as possible and take the lesson. But your new stories, the ones you want to help program and implant in your brain, you want to put as much emotion in those as you can. And one way to do this is visualize. Visualize that life avatar, live in what you want to live, and make that picture in your head really bright and really feel what the story feels like. And it doesn't have to be your life avatar. It doesn't have to be like 20 year for me life avatar, right? It could be five years from me now. It could be tomorrow me. If I want to really create a story for tomorrow about what I want to do tomorrow, let's say I have something planned even. Let's say I have a family lunch planned. And sometimes maybe they don't go so well. But this one is going to go better. And I'm telling the story of this lunch and I'm reframing the lunches from the past. I'm telling them from a different perspective. And I'm using that to create a new story for tomorrow's lunch. And I'm visualizing that lunch and I'm really feeling into what a good lunch feels like. And I'm making it bright, right? And I'm amping up this emotion. So again, this can be your past, present, or future stories. Now, with your past stories, if you have reframed your past story in a way that serves you, Add some emotion back up in there. And that I always, I guess I'm always going under the assumption that we have all these negative stories. You probably have a lot of stories from your past that are positive, that do serve you. Grasp onto those and visualize those and amp them up because they can serve present and future you as well. And that is story. So use your stories, guys. Your stories are so powerful. And I really hope that throughout this episode, you've seen and recognized how powerful they can be. So take a week to just be aware. Be aware of the stories you're telling. And something fun to do is be aware of the stories other people are telling. If you have kids, if you have teenagers, I guess I only have teenage girls. So if you have teenage girls for show, there's some stories coming out. Listen to their stories. Ask them, what does that mean about you? Or why are you telling that story? And if that's not comfortable, just ask it in your own head, right? So be aware of the stories that you are telling, that others are telling. And let's change the story. Let's change the narrative and take power back in our life. Thank you for being here with me today. And I will see you on the next episode of Self.